Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time. I'm James Taylor and coming up later in this episode, Mike Innes has a full roundup of the opening weekend of J3 in JTalk Short Corner. But first, I'm joined by John Steele to review round one of J2. John, how are you and how do you, did you enjoy the start of the new season? Uh, hi James, hi everyone. Yes, very well. Uh, thanks. My hay fever started, so I think that means spring must be just around the corner. And uh, yeah, what? I did really enjoy. Yeah, I did really enjoy the weekend's uh, football, uh, apart from the game that we're we're going to talk about in a minute, probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was snowing here today, by the way, so no sign of spring where I am. But uh, if it's mm. if it's going to bring hay fever, uh, I don't envy you, and uh, I also don't envy you having to. Uh, sit through Yokohama FC's somewhat turgid display uh, in their one-all draw at home to Renault for Yamaguchi. Uh, uh, you were there with uh, with five kids, I understand. Did you bring the correct number of kids home? Uh, yes, and uh, according to the parents, they're the same kids that I, I left with. So that's very important for any, any dads out there or prospective guardians. Uh, yeah, it's not any, any old kids won't do. You have to bring back the exact same ones. And uh, yeah, I managed yeah. it. So uh, yeah, that that was pretty much the only positive from the from the day, though, James. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's frowned upon if you come back with extras as well, apparently. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, how come I've seen then underwhelming start? Um, what did you? <laughs> uh, so break, listeners, brace yourselves, John. What did you make of Yokohama FC uh, on Saturday? Yeah, well, I, I keep it fairly brief because I think we've we've uh, we've uh, previewed it, um, you know, w- well enough. It was a uh, disappointing. Um, it was very uh, very poor, really, from the kickoff. The team looked very flat and sluggish. And in comparison, and we we should talk about Yamaguchi a little bit in a moment as well. They looked uh, a lot more organised, a lot more up for it with a kind of no nonsense four four two. But it wasn't just the formations. Yamaguchi seemed a bit quicker. Uh, and stronger in the tackle they seem to be first to all the the second uh, balls and uh yeah from the you know from my position behind the goal with the kind of um the, the hardest hardest core supporters you know after being in j1 last year and almost surviving i think there was a sense well we we, we probably should be too strong for yamaguchi and get the win but um we never really looked um, like getting that and i think the main positive to take away is that we've played really poorly uh, and been very disappointing, but we didn't lose. We we managed to we managed to grab a draw thanks to that goal from Yoshihiro Nakano. So one of our our new players scored, and it was on his birthday as well. Hmm. So uh, we, I mean, again, I'm just trying to find positives wherever I can. <laughs> but um, at the other end, we uh, yeah we should be thankful to the uh, Akinori Ichikawa was picked as the goalkeeper of this game, which was a shock to everybody when the the teams were announced. Um, he was uh, the third choice last season. Uh, so it's a bit bit surprising to see him getting the nod um, to start on Saturday. He had to make some good saves because our defence was beaten um, too easily uh, time and time again. And uh, yeah, he couldn't do anything about the Yamaguchi goal, though. I think it's Yamato Wakatsuki, um, who we talked a little bit about in the pre-season preview uh, coming in from Shonan. He kind of put in... Now, I don't know about it, but probably a bit surely. I'm not even sure his shot was going on target um, mm. But our captain uh, Gabriel, who's back after 12 months out with his ACL injury, he, uh, you know, threw himself in front of the ball to try and block the shot, but just ended up diverting it um, on target and into the bottom corner. Um, so there was nothing Ichikawa could do about that. And I think what helped us was we just equalised quite quickly after that. I think we were only behind for about um, seven minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it wasn't a good display at all from your Karma FC. I, I haven't asked uh, Richie if I can change my JPred. Uh, I'm sure we would say no anyway, but um, yeah, a lot, lot, lot for uh, a lot for the Yokohama FC fans and players to ponder. And it could have been even worse. Uh, Yamaguchi brought on Shunsuke Yamamoto uh, late on, the new signing from Kagoshima, and he hit the bar uh, with a shot from the edge of the box. And then he missed an absolute sitter of a free header from a close range right at the death. I think he was one of the, the really impressive players on the day coming off the bench for, for Yamaguchi. So, um, yeah, great point for them that they might be kicking themselves. They didn't get all three because they certainly deserved it. Now, for Yokohama FC, uh, a lot, I mean, in pre-season, I looked at the squad and thought, well, this squad looks really good. Um, top six looks very likely, possibly even top two in automatic promotion. But after that sort of 90 minutes plus stoppage time, I'm uh, starting to think... Uh, yeah, we we might have some some serious problems in the team, but it's only the first game, so uh, so we'll see. I think you you watched um, some of this game as well, uh, James. What, what did you think? Yeah, I did. I watched this, and 
I thought, yeah, Yokohama FC were very underwhelming. Um, but have some industrious players, like hard-working players, but it was all a bit nothingy in the end. Um, seemed like there was very little end product. I mean, they did re- like rarely get to the finish to, to get a shot off. It was, it was poor. Um, I thought, yeah, credit to, to the keeper, Ichikawa. He, he, he made some good saves. Uh, and like you say, he had no chance on the goal. It was just a, a massive deflection. He couldn't, he couldn't get to it. Um, Yamaguchi were interesting, I thought. Um, Ryo Shigaki's first game in charge. To me, they seemed kind of tactically similar to how they played under uh, Natsuka, who was the manager before, the previous manager. Uh, they, they, they press for the ball, they work hard, they, they go quite aggressively to try and win back possession. But they also try to play out from the back with players who aren't suited to it and uh, invite a lot of difficulties onto themselves. Um, and I was kind of surprised a little bit by the team selection. There's no Joji Ikegami or Junior Kato in the squad at all. I don't know if that was just a selection or, or if those guys are injured or what. And uh, Henan was on the bench um came on came on later but uh, yeah i think one all is a good result for yamaguchi and i think um yeah they'll be pleased although perhaps a little bit annoyed that they didn't win it at the end when they had those good chances because they did have your fc on the ropes and for your fc i would say yeah like you said um play terribly but get a point that's pretty good and i seem to remember when they were last in j2 actually a few times we 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 talked about how they they were not very convincing but they kept winning and that was the sign of a, of a good team. Well, maybe that's going to be the case again this year. But um, for your sake, I hope that they don't play like that every week. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's move on, shall we? Last week, we predicted, or we, we chose uh, Jeff United against Montilio Yamagata as our game of the week. And we were correct. We correctly picked this as the best, uh, the most enticing match so uh, well done us. We've got one right this season, and that's that's pretty much it probably. So listeners can can kind of tune out for the rest of the year. Um, it finished Jeff two Yamagata three. This was uh, this was fun. I thought. Uh, y- yeah, I mean, I, I just caught uh, caught up with the highlights uh, before before talking to you tonight, James. I think you watched the full game. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on replay is that right? But yeah, it, especially the uh, the kind of last sort of twenty five thirty minutes was very exciting. Um, so yeah, I think we we can still put it down as a win for us, predicting that it would be exciting. <laughs> but it, it was a bit of a slow burner, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. In the first half, obviously Jeff took the lead early on. Uh, Daisuke Suzuki uh, heading in that Tanishi Taguchi corner. Uh, so Jeff were kind of one uh, nil up at the break. But then in the second half, I don't know if Yamagata kind of stepped things up a gear, but Jeff sort of some of their old kind of traditional Jeffisms kind of crept back in, didn't they? They just couldn't clear their lines a lot of the time defensively in the second half. For example, in the 54th minute, um, they couldn't clear a corner and uh, Junior Takahashi was able to, to curl in to make it 1-1 inside the box. And then just six minutes after that, when you were thinking that Jeff might be trying to keep things tight and regroup, they couldn't clear their lines again. And Zaini Saka crossed and Takahashi uh, with a really, really uh, expertly taken kind of glancing header made it mm. 2-1 to the visitors. Uh, and then in stoppage time, Takahashi kind of was chasing a, he was uh, chasing a loose cause, wasn't he? A bouncing ball right on the byline, got it back across the goal for Koki Sakamoto, uh, who was uh, coming in, in off the bench to make it 3-1 and seal the winner. I know Jeff did pull a goal back uh, right at the end from Akiyuki Yokoyama, a debut goal for him, a new signing from Fujieda, but it wasn't really a five-goal thriller in the sense that Yamagata were 3-1 up with, uh, with all the stoppage time played. And then Jeff grabbed the kind of last gasp sort of consolation to make the final score 3-2. But yeah, it was entertaining stuff. Um, I think we saw good stuff from both teams, um, especially Yamagata in the second half that made, made uh, makes you think they will be kind of up there at the right end of the table um, for much of this season. But um, yeah, obviously disappointing for, for Jeff not to get any points. They, they've been tipped to do very well this season. But I'm sure Yamagata will be highly delighted to have uh, scored three goals away from home and uh, and got that that first win. So yeah, how, how did you see it, James? Yeah, uh, I agree. The first half was uh, not uneventful, but not as eventful as the second half. And 
there's a massive crowd as well, 11,544. I think Yamagata sold out the uh, the away allocation. Um, so there, there, there was a lot, lot going on off the pitch as well. Um, Takahashi, two good finishes from him. Um, helped a little bit, yeah, like you said, by Jeff's uh, inability to, to kind of clear, clear the ball and get control of themselves. And... Um, yeah, a moment to forget for, for the goalkeeper Fujita for the third. Um, again, not helped by his defenders. And um, yeah, it, it, it was it was yeah two three it was not as close as as the scoreline suggests in the end. Really, um, I was for uh, for Jeff. I was impressed by um, Akiyuki Okayama. Played well for Fujita last year, and uh, he had a good game here. He he, he got the goal. Although you know, too little, too late. But he also there was a little bit earlier. He set up uh, Eduardo with some really nice footwork. Mm. Um, speaking of Eduardo, he he was pretty good coming off 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 the bench, I think. And there was one moment where a Yamagata player was going off to be substituted very slowly, and uh, Eduardo tried to give him a, a help helping shove, which uh, he got a shove in return. By the way, listeners may be unfamiliar. Eduardo, previously known as Dudu at Iwata. So we've got double doo-doos at Jeff. Um, <laughs> kind of disappointed that he chose Eduardo as his nickname. He could have gone with like... Um, Do-do-do? Do-don't or the artist formerly known as Do-do mm-hmm. or an unpronounceable symbol or just, I mean, like, a bit of a tangent, but sports sporting nicknames have uh, really gone downhill in, in recent years. Like you think of England's golden generation as Scolzi, Lampsy, Stevie G, JT. Those are rubbish. I remember about 20 odd years ago, you could open up, uh, it's a different sport, obviously, the cricketers who's who and find a team that had ice, shoes, no pants, Hitler's dream child, all in the wow. same team. Yeah, that's Kent, by the way. Uh, and if anyone knows who those players were... Uh, Kudos to you, but uh, yeah. So this was uh, what we were talking about, oh, Jeff. Jeff against Yamagata. Um, yeah, it was uh, a really good win for Yamagata. They'll be really pleased to have kind of put down a marker against a team that probably will be. Uh, they'll be they'll be close together at the end of the year, I think, going for for, for promotion or playoffs again. So this is this was a good result, a good start to the year for them. Not a terrible start for Jeff, but plenty for them to work on, uh, especially defensively. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about another team that has plenty to work on defensively. <laughs> Tokushima Vortis went down 5-1 at home to Vanfare Kofu. There were 8,000 people there in the rain to watch this uh very poor, I'll, I'll, I'll be polite and perhaps generous, very poor showing from the home side. Mm. Uh, John, what what did you think of this? Yeah, I have a feeling that, you know, Tokushima must just not have been watching any of Kofu's like ACL games mm. uh, or indeed any of last season's Kofu games because mm. they didn't seem to have any idea what they were up against or, or how to deal with uh, Kofu. I, I, in fairness, if we switch the discussion to Kofu, they were absolutely uh, rampant uh, yeah. in the first half, weren't they? Uh, Kazushi Mitsuhira made it 1-0 early on. And straight after that, I think Takuto Kimura rattled the uh, the Vortis crossbar. Uh, and then before the uh, the end of the first half, Mitsuhira set up Juma Miyazaki uh, and he made it 2-0. So at half time, it already looked like a long way back for Tokushima, but they did pull a goal back, didn't they? Kind of against the run of play from uh, Taro Sugimoto, um, kind of close to the hour mark. After that, um, I'm sure you saw the same thing. Fabian uh, Gonzalez kind of lobbed uh, Jose Suarez in the Tokushima goal, and he kind of scrambled back and uh, seemed to claw it out from kind of on the goal line. I thought it might have gone over. Um, I think VAR might have had a good a good look at that, or uh, you know, goal line technology might have had something to say about that. But it wasn't wasn't given, and it was still two um, one. But then uh, Kofu got some uh, more goals after that, uh, didn't they? Um, mm. I think uh, Eduardo uh, Mancha got one. Was that the yep. fourth? And, uh, yeah, Utaka rolled uh, the last defender, uh, who was uh, not, not not really. Uh, yeah, 
don't know what the last defender was really doing there, but um, if you've ever seen Peter Utaka play, um, he's quite strong and clever. You don't really want to be trying to go through the back of him when you're the last man. Itaka easily beat Suarez and made it 5-1. So I, I've missed a goal out here. What was the third goal? Uh, Miyazaki. Miyazaki got the third. He, he, he got two, didn't he? Ah, yes, that's right. Yes, sorry, yes. I, there were so many goals, I've, I've lost track. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think... Yeah, we have to say congratulations to Kofu because I think you can really see that they'd played those two very competitive games against Ulsan mm. and they just kind of picked up where they'd left off. Whereas Tokushima looked, um, yeah, they were so static defending a lot of these goals. I mean, they often had a lot of players back. Um, the fourth goal in particular, Eduardo Mancha kind of, you know, from the corner, they've got loads of players back in the box to defend it. But none of them react, none of them move when Adalton kind of heads the ball down. And I think that will be the most disappointing thing. I don't think losing at home to Kofu is anything to be uh, to be worried about. But the manner of the defeat and the goals that they conceded will be really, uh, really troubling. I will add as well on stats uh, for this game, uh, James, I just did a quick check. Tokushima had 401 passes, mm. uh, Kofu only 260. And Tokushima had 54% possession. So um, they sort of won it on points but lost it on goals uh, by by quite a margin so I think that that's really interesting so we, we talked about in pre-season didn't we Tokushima keep the ball a lot mm. um, but they're quite boring to watch they don't do much with it uh, mm. and that, that was the case again um, on on Sunday and uh, yeah they just they just weren't in the same class as as, as Kofu they were, they were playing a different sport um, a lot of the time so I think there's a lot for uh, for Tokushima to ponder going into the uh, the next round and I've got one more stat James before I bring you in um, I read on Twitter I haven't actually fact checked this but a Kofu supporter was tweeting that in their history Kofu have only ever won twice on the opening day mm. uh, this is only the third time uh, the, the last time they won on the opening day was eight years ago so this is only the third time ever the first time in eight years they've won on the opening day in both of the previous two seasons when Kofu have won on the opening day, they've gone on to be promoted at the end of the season. So whether that is an omen or whether it's uh, nonsense that I should have checked before I blurted it out here, we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, Kofu ominously good and uh, Tokushima extremely, uh, extremely poor, uh, especially defensively. How, how did you see it, James? Exactly like that. Uh, Kofu extremely good, Tokushima extremely poor. Um, I, I'm going to claim this as a as a correct prediction as well. I said that Kofu's ACL games would give him a head start over opposition, and I think it has uh, very clearly. It was interesting with Tokushima; those stats that you mentioned then were not surprised possession and passing um, stats, but they did seem to be trying to play at a slightly higher tempo than they did last year, mm. and um, they they left attacker left-sided attacker i think soya takada mm. he looked pretty good but hardly anyone else did uh kazuki nishia came off the bench and he was playing on the left as well and he was involved a lot but couldn't couldn't really do anything because as usual there's there's not not any support from anyone else no one else does does anything for tokushima um defensively dreadful like you mentioned too many defenders just standing still. For at least three of the goals, the the there were a large number of players, including the goalie, who were just standing still. Um, and then for one of the other goals, the last defender was really easily knocked over by Utaka. I mean, Utaka, he hardly touched the guy, and the guy went sprawling miles mm. away. So well, why Utaka why on just, earth why on earth is a defender even trying to go for that ball though? You know, yeah. you'd have to go through the back of Utaka to get that ball. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting you, but it is just crazy, no, crazy right. decision. Yeah, no, yeah, just yeah. So, and then Utaka could just kind of jog in and slot past the keeper to make it five-one. Um, Kofu, I, I've just got a long list of players who all played really well. Takuto Kimura, I really like what I've seen of him so far this year. Yoshiki Torikai, Fabian Gonzalez, all excellent. Shoaraki did pretty well. Uh, left. Left back, left wing. I don't think he played much last year. He might have been injured, but it was good to see him back. Um, the centre-back pairing, Imazu and Son, were really good. And also getting involved in a bit of um, argy-bargy with uh, Noah Kenshin-Brown as well, which I always enjoy. I always enjoy <laughs> a bit of argy-bargy. Um, 
And uh, of course, Kazushi Mitsuhiro was excellent again, as usual, uh, making up somewhat for his disappointingly straight hair uh, Meikan picture um, with uh, with a, yeah, a goal and an assist and an all-round good play. I thought Kofu, well, we've promoted Kofu and I think we've relegated Tokushima. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's 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 our work done, I think. Well, not quite, because we've got some some other bits to talk about in a, a new segment of the pod, shamelessly stolen from Johnny Nickel, and with a name shamelessly stolen from Machida Zelvia. John, who was your most bravo player from the opening weekend? Oh, very very stylishly done, uh, James. Yes, as a quick peek behind the curtain, we um this season rather than focus on like reporting on every detail of every game. Uh, as we have done in previous years, we thought we'd, we'd try and be a bit more flexible and instead we'd just pick out some of the uh, the main games that were kind of eye-catching from the weekend. Uh, and along with that, we want to pick out like a kind of star performer. And uh, the name that we came up with was borrowed from it from Machi de Zelvia, the mo- most bravo player is an award that they give out. And we They also give out most Zelvia player, which obviously we can't do because they're in J1 uh, for the time being. But we thought we were set on safe grounds pinching uh, most bravo player uh, James, so I think um, you could. This could go a few different ways. I think if you're Yokohama FC supporter, a goalkeeper Ichikawa might be in with a shout because he saved us from a very embarrassing uh, home defeat against Yamaguchi. I think if you're an Oita supporter, you might want to nominate the match officials that allowed uh, their equaliser against Sendai to stand because that was uh, looked good, like there was a very uh, very obvious offside in the build-up. Mm-hmm. For me, though, I got to go with a uh, Junya Takahashi. Um, a forward who is uh, approaching barrel-chested territory, I think, mm. uh, in terms of adjectives. Um, really, really good performance from him uh, in Yamagata's 3-2 win at Jeff. Obviously, he scored uh, twice. Then it was his persistence uh, that set up the third goal that turned out to be a, a crucial, uh, the, the winning goal for Koki Sakamoto. Uh, interesting player, Takahashi. I believe he only scored twice in the whole of last season. Mm. Uh, and now he's got two goals and an assist in one game this year. Obviously, at Yamagata, they've lost two of their main uh, goal threats from uh, the last couple of years in uh, Thiago Alves and Della Torre, right, this year. They've yeah. both gone. I think it's a big vote of confidence that Junior Takashi got the nod to lead the line mm. in this game. And I think he's 27 this year. So it's time for him to kind of really break out and make himself a, a first-team regular. And yeah. that's a lot of pressure for him, but he handled it extremely well in that first game. Yep, two goals and an assist. He, um, he He's led the team to victory, and it's a big season for him personally as well as for Yamagata. So I, I couldn't really look beyond him for a, for most bravo player of, uh, of round one. A, any advance on, on Takahashi, James? Um, yeah, I think I'd like to give an honourable mention to Ryo Kubota of Ehime, uh, with apologies to Martin Spivey. Uh, Kubota scored the only goal of the game uh, in that 1-0 win over Akita. Um, uh, I, I really like Kubota. I, 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 he had a breakout season 2020 with Kanazawa and then um, was shipped off on loan to Gifu partway through 2021. And he, he that, that changed into a, a permanent move. So he was there for two and a half years, sort of, um, I guess, learning learning a lot and, 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 you know, putting in the hard work. And last season, he was one of the most frequently mentioned players for good reasons on uh, short corner, I think. Mm. And um, he has earned a move back up to J2. I'm really pleased to see him back and I hope to see a lot more from him. But my most bravo player for this week is uh, Kazushi Mitsuhira. Um, You're obsessed, just, James. Obsessed. Yeah, I love him. I think he's 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 he's, uh, he's he's really good. He actually he's a similar kind of player to Kyohei Sugiura at Kanazawa, who who I really really like. Um, but yeah, this Mitsuhira, he, he, he got his goal, he got the assist. Um, what what I really liked about the assist was that um, the, there was a, a pass came from the right side of the box, kind of. Um, near the byline, diagonally back, like cut back to Mitsuhira. And he shaped as if to shoot, but played a pass kind of square to Miyazaki, which completely froze uh, like three or four defenders and the goalie. So Miyazaki could just slot it home really easily. That was that mm. was really, a really um, 
really good pass, a really clever bit of work from Mitsuhira. But he, he also he he drops deep to win the ball. He 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 wins possession a lot in midfield. He drifts wide. He's got a really deft touch. Uh, he's got great hair. Um, <laughs> it's just a really about, good. I don't know about great hair. He's got a lot of hair. He's got he's got hair. <laughs> he's got noticeable hair. Um, and I think also he he played quite a lot in the week um, as well. So to kind of double up and put in such a good performance, um, that's why he's, he's, he's my player of the week. Uh, He's, he's an absolute nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Me to hear absolute nightmare for defenders for the reasons that you mentioned, like he drops deep, he goes wide. He, he's not afraid to tackle. Um, You just don't really know if you're a defender, well, against Kofu generally, but Mitsuhira is it's emblematic of that. You just cannot relax, can you, as a defender? Uh, certainly not to the extent that Tokushima did at the weekend. Anyway. Yeah, all right, good. So uh, congratulations to him and, uh, and Junya Takahashi. Now, uh, let's have a, a quick chat about uh, the, the round two fixtures coming up. We've got uh, six games on Saturday, the 2nd of March, starting at one o'clock. Nagasaki against Sendai, and then we've got uh, four games at two o'clock. Mito against Kofu, Jeff United against Fujieda, Shimizu play Ehime, and Oita welcome Yokohama FC. And then at five past three, Kagoshima play Tokushima. Uh, anything uh, kind of take your fancy from Saturday? Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, we were saying just before we started recording, isn't it, James? Early on in the season, it's kind of sometimes the games don't leap out at you because there isn't like a league table to, to, mm. to refer to yet of any note. I think I, I, it's good to see that there's like one quirky kickoff time again <laughs> this week. So I think Ehime uh, against Akita was at 12.50, wasn't it, last mm. week? So now we've got five past three um, for Kagoshima against Tokushima. I suppose that's for local TV uh, reasons, yeah. but it's always a bit weird to see the... Um, yeah, weird, weird numbers floating off kickoff times. In fact, I don't know whether I'm swayed by this weird kickoff time, but that's my pick actually from the Saturday <laughs> games. Ju- just because um, Kagoshima came from behind to get a point away at Gunma, didn't they? Mm. Uh, in the opening uh, opening round, so they don't think there are any uh, any pushovers. It doesn't look like Tokushima were pushovers against Kofu, although Kofu were extremely uh, extremely hot to handle on the day. And I just wonder if you remember Tokushima had that dreadful start uh, last season. And they didn't win in any of the first 12 games, as I recall. Um, I just wonder if this this might be... It. I think in isolation, Kagoshima away isn't the most important fixture you know, of the season. But after being drubbed 5-1 at home on the opening day, I think that the players do need to, to, to give a bit of a reaction uh, against Kagoshima. But obviously, they'll be up for it because it's their first home game back in J2. So I think that that's probably the pick of the, the Saturday games. What, what about you? Yeah, that one looked uh, looked interesting for me. I've written it down as well. They need a reaction. And Kagoshima looked um, they looked all right in, in or from what I saw in the highlights against Gunma. Um, I've also got a little uh, mark next to Nagasaki Sendai. Uh, I thought Sendai looked pr- quite good from what I saw against Oita and and should have won if not for the uh, frankly terrible uh, non offside call. Nagasaki. Uh, Mm, couldn't break down Fujieda. Um, looked a little bit, uh, yeah, a bit off off their game last weekend. So uh, obviously both both sides still looking for their first win. I also quite interested in Oita against Yokohama FC. Um, Oita they had sixteen thousand for the for that game uh, against Sendai. So I expect another good another good crowd and 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 hopefully a good game and hopefully your farm fc can uh, can improve at least slightly on uh, on last weekend uh mm. let's talk about sunday then sunday the third there are four games three of them are at one o'clock iwaki play okayama yamaguchi take on akita kumamoto against gunma and then to round off the weekend at two o'clock tochigi against yamagata uh anything interesting on sunday uh, yeah, I think again it's difficult to uh, difficult to pick out at this early stage. But I think Tochigi Yamagata could be quite interesting. Yamagata obviously had that great second half uh, and picked up all three points away at Jeff because they're one of the um, northern teams. They have to play the first couple of games away from home, which can be a bit of a disadvantage. But we'll see. Tochigi looked, um, shall we say, fairly ordinary. 
<laughs> losing 3-0 away at Okayama in, in round one. So I think they'll obviously be be looking to improve. It won't be easy uh, won't be easy to do that against Yamagata, though. So I think that, that could be a, a good game. But um, yeah, the other one I thought looked interesting was a 1pm at Iwaki Okayama. Mm. Uh, and that's because Okayama did look quite impressive uh, dispatching Tochigi, um, as mentioned, 3-0 on the opening day. Iwaki, I don't think they would you know they weren't too bad away at Mito, but they looked they looked like a team that had lost five or six of the starters from last season. Mm. Uh, I think, which is what they were, they were a bit flat. So I think, yeah, Iwaki Okayama could be interesting. Iwaki will be looking to uh, get their first goals, first points of the season. Okayama's tails will be up after that good win uh, at home to Tochigi, and then yeah, Tochigi Yamagata. Well, can Yamagata start with their back-to-back wins, and uh, can Junya Takahashi? Uh, yeah, do the business again up front is, is what I'm looking for. What, what about you, James? Mm, yeah, Okayama did look very good at the weekend. And Iwaki, they, they looked all right going forwards and, and they just couldn't finish their chances. Same same as last year. And then, uh, yeah, defensively uh, don't help themselves. But but I'm, I'm quite interested in Kumamoto against Gunma. Um, both teams that were unable to hold on to leads... Uh, Kumamoto ended up losing, didn't they, to, to Shimizu and uh, Gunma drew uh, with Kagoshima. So I think it'll be interesting to see how those two teams react to those setbacks. But yeah, it's uh, because it's only the second weekend, it's, it, it, we haven't yet got any kind of um, like narrative running through any of these fixtures yet. So And, and a lot of these teams, we uh, they're still quite unfamiliar because of all the you know the the squad turnover during the off season, so uh, I, for for me at, at this stage I'm still kind of feeling it out and figuring out you know who's doing what and what's going on really. But mm. yeah, I think uh, I think we're in for another interesting weekend, and and we might end up with uh, yeah talking about games that we weren't expecting to talk about. Mm. Long may it continue. That's the the magic mm. of J two, I think. Yeah. Indeed it is. All right. I think we can leave it there. Uh, thanks, John. It's always uh, always nice to talk to you about, about football. It's nice to have football back. Uh, yeah, I was, I was loving it until uh, the the first five minutes of the Oklahoma FC game. But um, yeah, hopefully there's, there's onwards and upwards. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed the weekend as much as possible. And yeah, if you didn't, don't worry, because we've got a 37 more to come, plus the, uh, plus the Levan Cup, of course. Yeah, and playoffs as well. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, that's all for, for J2. We'll say thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. And thanks, of course, to everyone who supports uh, supports the pod on Patreon. We're very grateful for that support. And uh, as promised, coming up next, Mike Innes has all the latest from J3 in J Talk Short Corner. J Talk Extra Time. Hello and welcome to J Talk Short Corner, the mini pod that covers all things J3 of the J League. I'm your host, Mike Innes, and in this episode, I'll be looking back on fixtures in round one of the new J3 season, as well as previewing the round two matches coming up this weekend. Kicking off the campaign, there were four games on Saturday the 24th of February, and we'll begin at the NAC 5 Stadium, where relegated Ormia Ardija began life in the third tier at home to Vanrade Hachinohe. New Ormia coach Tetsu Nagasawa awarded club debuts to five players, Hachinohe's Nobuhiro Ishizaki to four, and Nagasawa's team almost registered the first goal of the J3 season as early as the sixth minute, but Rikia Motegi's free kick whistled just past the post. Five minutes later though, the squirrels did indeed go in front, and Motegi was involved again, cutting it back for the unmarked Toya Izumi to finish from 12 yards. Izumi, on loan from Vissel Kobe, was instrumental in Ardija, extending their lead in the 57th minute, his delicious angled pass setting up Wakaba Shimoguchi to clip across to the far post for that man Motegi to head powerfully in. From there, Vanrade quickly found their way back into the match, substitute Naoya Senoo threading a brilliant through pass for Oriola Sunday to run onto, away from Mizuki Hamada, around keeper Takashi Kasahara, and to roll it into the net. 
but within seconds, Ormia were 3-1 up. Izumi collecting a pass from Masato Kojima and allowed space to move across the edge of the area and crash his shot inside the post. A fourth came on 76 minutes. Kazushi Fuji's cross touched on by Kenyu Sugimoto for Seiya Nakano to guide it over the line. Final score, Omiya 4, Hachinohe 1. A huge confidence boost for Nagasawa, although his team surely won't score goals as good as Motegi's header and Izumi's rocket every week. Ishizaki will fervently be hoping Vanderane don't defend as poorly again all season. As well as Ormia, a flying start to for FC Gifu in their home game with Fukushima United. Five debutants for Yusaku Ueno's Gifu, six for Shuhei Terada's Fukushima. More than 7,800 people at Naganagawa, but they saw the visitors open the scoring on 14 minutes. Takeaki Hanigaya floating in the near post corner. Kazuki Dohana getting in front of Oji Kawanami to glance in the header. Within two minutes, rookie Kawanami almost brought the home side level, only for his curling shot to strike the post and bounce away. But the equaliser duly came in the 21st minute, as Kawanami received the ball from Ryoma Ishida and sent in a low cross for Kosuke Fujioka to score at the second attempt. Fukushima had a good chance to retake the lead soon afterwards, but Ryo Shiohama's header was well off target. One all and a close game at half-time, but it was Gifu who went in front 17 minutes into the second half. Mun Inju intercepting a loose pass from Kichi Yajima and feeding Daigo Araki, who cut inside to leave Yajima on the floor and fired home from 15 yards. Two new players combining to good effect for the men in green. Nine minutes later, it was 3-1. Fellow new starter Ishida's cross finished at the near post by Yuya Taguchi. The hosts rounded off the scoring 12 minutes from time. Fujioka left unmarked to head in. Another cross from Ishida. Final score, Gifu 4, Fukushima 1. And Ueno can hardly have dreamed the team's new signings would integrate so well. After a decent opening period, his opposite number Terada's side ran out of steam and had no answer to Gifu's attacking prowess. On now to Julian Marin Basalo's Nara Club, where Yota Shimokawa and Yuki Okada took up positions on the left for the first time, while for visitors FC Ryukyu Okinawa, Kim Jong Song gave club debuts to five players, including former Gamba Osaka defender Hiroyuki Fujiharu. It was, however, second season pro Yushin Koki, still only 18, who put the away side ahead on 15 minutes, chesting down Makito Uehara's cross, hammering it past Shinji Okada. And Ryukyu went two up just after the half hour, exposing the home defence by means of Junya Suzuki's long ball, onto which Haruto Shinai sprinted to finish from 10 yards. It took Nara until the 70th minute to force a meaningful save from Yuji Rokutan, a low stretch to keep out Manato Hyakuda's header, but Hyakuda was able to throw the hosts a lifeline with his first J-League goal when he glanced in Shimokawa's cross with seven minutes left. From then on, Nana threw everything forwards, Rin Morita firing off target and Shota Yomesaka heading against the bar with Rokutan nowhere. No further goals though, final score Nana 1, Ryukyu 2, a blow for Basilo's team. They went to sleep on both the goals, although Hyakuda appears to be a player. Kim's Ryukyu look like fighters and it's hard to say they didn't deserve to take all three points. At the Mikuni World Stadium, two of last season's strugglers faced off as Kohei Masamoto's new-look Giravansky Kitakyushu, seven first-time starters following their off-season clear-out, hosted the much more easily recognisable SC Sagamihara, for whom Kazuyuki Toda gave debuts to 
two players. Returning goalkeeper Motoaki Miura and left-sided Ryo Takano, most recently with Jubilo Iwata. A quiet first half in this one, although Giravance suffered a blow five minutes before the interval when debutant Asahi Yada had to be taken off injured. After the break, Yada's teammates ramped up the pressure. Shun Hirayama and new signings of Ryo Nagai and Koji Sugiyama all going close. But the only goal of the game came at the other end, 11 minutes from time, when Yushi Hasegawa curled a corner to the far post for Ryoji Yamashita to head it back across goal. Takumu Fujinuma's volley was saved by homekeeper Koki Otani, only for Ko Watahiki to smash the loose ball into the roof of the net. Final score, Kitakyushu nil, Sagamihara 1. Masamoto's side outshot the visitors by 14-3, but lacked composure or a cutting edge. Tordaz Green and Blacks arguably got lucky, but three points and a clean sheet away from home constitutes a perfect start. The other six games were all on Sunday the 25th, and Zweigen Kanazawa marked their return to J3 with a trip to Azul Claro Numazu. Kanazawa coach Akira Ito introducing some solid J2 experience to the lineup via Hiroto Hatao and Keisuke Oyama, alongside young keeper Itsuki Ueda back from loan in the JFL. Numazu's Masashi Nakayama opted not to use either of his veteran forwards, Kengo Kawamata or recent signing Manabu Saito, and fielded a team almost entirely familiar to J3 watchers from last season. At a rainy Ashitaka Park Stadium, most of the action was in the second half, when Kanazawa early on drew good saves from Kenta Watanabe by Taiki Kato and Takayoshi Ishihara. But it was the home side who opened the scoring in the 55th minute. Yuma Mori getting the better of Oyama in midfield, racing to the edge of the area and striking right-footed into the bottom corner. And Numazu's second also came about in spectacular style. The away defence failing to clear Kotaro Tokunaga's corner kick, the loose ball falling 25 yards out to Tatsuya Anzai, whose looping volley gave Ueda no chance. A miserable afternoon for Zweigen was completed deep in stoppage time when Azul Claro's young sub Shigeo Miyawaki sent in a cross that caused panic between Ueda and his defensive colleagues, the slightest touch from Anzai seeing it over the line. Final score, Numazu 3, Kanazawa 0. Reports that home fans were after the game heard to utter the words Noah Kenshin Hu. Their team scored two cracking goals here, aided by the uncertainty of the Zweigen defence. Plenty to work on for Ito. Like Kanazawa, Matsumoto Yamaga began their season with an away game against one of the division's smaller sides. Unlike Kanazawa, Matsumoto came away from Tegabajaro Miyazaki with all three points. Yamaga coach Masahiro Shimada scattered incoming experience throughout his team, including Kazuaki Mawatari in defence and Kosuke Yamamoto in midfield. Tegabajaro's Yuji Okuma hasn't been able to bring in players of that standing, but he did use seven new signings in his first 11, among them Shu Yoshizawa from Iwaki FC and Loni Daiki Kusunoki. It was one of Matsumoto's young players who gave his side a 15th minute lead though, Daiki Higuchi marking his pro debut by putting an end to a lengthy goalmouth scramble with a scuffed left foot shot. Kusunoki's header drew a good save from visiting keeper Shoma Kanda as Miyazaki pressed for an equaliser, but the Ptarmigans were two up by half-time thanks to an own goal. Home captain Hikaru Manabe deflecting Hayato Asakawa's close-range half-volley over the line. Miyazaki made a fight of it, pulling one back just after the hour when Keigo Hashimoto's shot was parried by keeper Shoma Kanda, Yoshizawa scooping home the rebound. And there was drama in the closing seconds, Kanda keeping out a Mahiro Ano free kick before grabbing Shun Orbu's follow-up header. 
Final score Miyazaki 1, Matsumoto 2. Okuma's side showing enough to indicate they can compete. Yamagat were stretched but had the quality to claim the win. At Hanazono, FC Osaka hosted AC Nagano Paseiro. Osaka under Naoto Otake, who in his lineup selected two of the 24 players who moved to the club over the winter, including ex Paseiro captain Takeya Akiyama in defence, while Nagano's Riki Takagi had four incoming players in the starting 11, Akiyama's replacement being Takeya Kuroishi from Mito Hollyhock. Osaka were on the offensive in the early stages, Rikuto Kubo's drive bringing a smart save out of Kim Minho, while the visitors Naoki Sanda blasted off target when presented with a clear opportunity. A breakthrough finally came in the 67th minute, Nagano unable to defend Shunsuke Tachino's in-swinging corner even with 10 players in the goal area, Ryusei Saito glancing it in at the far post to put the home side 1-0 up. More defensive disaster followed, Kuroishi attempting to shepherd the ball back to Kim, only for Hayate Take to steal in and make it 2-0. With five minutes left, Paseiro pulled one back through Kyoji Kutsuna, sweeping in Takashi Kondo's low cross for a consolation. Final score, Osaka 2, Nagano 1. Otake's team grinding out the victory in a manner curiously reminiscent of Osaka under Ryo Shigaki last year, while this initial glimpse of Paseiro also sees them operating in territory similar to that of 2023. One club finding it unaccountably difficult to get out of the division are FC Imabari, who commenced the season under new coach Toshihiro Hattori with a home match against Gainane Tottori. Argentinian Tomas Moschion was one of three players making their debuts for Imabari, who also fielded defender Takafumi Yamada up front. Now coached by Kentaro Hayashi, the scale of Gainane's winter departures meant they included seven new players in their starting eleven. And the task facing Hayashi is now clear. His team outplayed and outshot more or less from start to finish of this one. Homekeeper John Ander Serantes never called into anything approaching serious action. All the goal attempts came at the other end, but an attack comprising Yamada and Toyofumi Sakano will hold few fears for many J3 back lines. The game's only goal came just before half-time, and unsurprisingly it was Marcus Vinicius getting off the mark for the season, as he dashed ahead of Ryuto Koizumi to head in across from Tetsuya Kato. Final score, Imabari 1, Totori 0. A long struggle to beat a poor opponent, offering an interesting early view of Imabari under Hattori. Hayashi's Gainare seemingly as limited as had been anticipated pre-season. Having missed promotion last year on goal difference, Katane Toyama can reasonably be included in a list of contenders for 2024, but in their opening game, Michiharu Otageri's team were held to a draw at battling YSCC Yokohama. Striker Kohei Matsumoto and veteran midfielder Yosuke Kawai were among the new signings fielded by Otageri. YSCC coach Kazuki Kuranuki, meanwhile, gave a full club debut to only one player. Koji Okumura from Zaspa Gunma. Dynamic in pre-season, it was young forward Shosei Usui who opened the scoring for Toyama 16 minutes in. He and Matsumoto combining to take advantage of a quick counter-attack and side-footing comfortably in from 10 yards. The home equaliser came 13 minutes later, and on a weekend of decent goals across J3, this takes its place among the best. Okumura finding in space on the right Koki Matsumura, whose cross was incisively dispatched by Yusei Kayanuma. Hiroto Domoto was at the heart of much of YFCC's best work in this one. Katane's Daichi Matsuoka had a shot tipped over by Jun Kodama. Final score, YSCC 1, Toyama 1. Kuranuki's home team looking as if they can continue their form from the latter part of last season. Otagiri's Katare not sufficiently able to take the game to the opposition, meaning they have to be satisfied with the point. 
And finally this week, Kamatamari Sanuki against Iwate Guruja Morioka also ended level. Sanuki under Atsushi Yoniyama fielding the likes of incomers Yohei Ono and Taiga Mayakawa. Iwate coach Tetsuchi Nagamikawa with five new starters, including Shunpei Fukahori up front. Guruja dominated the early stages here and were a goal up in eight minutes. Veteran Daigo Nishi stepping away from Yuto Mori to find space and drive in a shot from 20 yards. And the Paper Cranes had multiple chances to go further ahead in the following minutes. Shukahori, Tsubasa Yuge and rookie Kanta Komatsu all missing clear chances. Kamatamani stepped onto the front foot with the appearance as a half-time substitute of Gentaro Yoshida, who equalised in the 55th minute after Mori had surged down the right and crossed for Nina Tominaga to provide an elegant setup to Yoshida's 15-yard drive. Later in the game, Tominaga had the best chance to win it, but couldn't get a clean strike on his shot. Final score, Senuki won, Iwate won. Not the perfect start for Yoniyama and Kamatamari, although some positive signs. Nakamikawa's Guruja could have been out of sight inside 20 minutes, but were careless in front of goal. Just time now for a quick look ahead to the round two fixtures over the weekend when there are seven games on Saturday the 2nd of March. The standout fixture has to be, well, the early season top of the table clash, Ormia against Gifu. Another pair of round one winners meet at Ryukyu where the visitors are Matsumoto. And the other two opening day victors have the chance to build on their wins with home games. Numazu against Totori, Sagamihara against Hachinohe. Sanuki's Yohei Ono has the chance to match up against his old teammates at home to Toyama. Can Kitakyushu bounce back as they host Iwate? Both teams will be looking for a first win as Miyazaki take on Fukushima. Three games then on Sunday the 3rd when the Gogo Curry Stadium hosts its first competitive game. And it's a big one. Kanazawa against Imabari. Can Osaka claim a second win of the season at YSCC? And finally, at Lauter Field, Nana take on Nagano. With all the week's business seen to then, that's it for this mini-pod. All that remains is for me to say, thanks for listening, enjoy your football, and see you next time. Bye for now.